Welcome to the Everesting Podcast, built by Quarry. In this episode, I'm hosting Chris Gams, who is a cyclist from the United Kingdom who is organizing a record attempt. This is a record attempt to beat the previous best record of most cyclists completing a full Everesting in the same place at the same time, which currently stands at 54 cyclists. 5-4. They are trying to get up to 100 people in central UK to break this record. So they are mobilizing their cyclists. They have almost 70 riders signed up. They're hoping to get a few more. If you're in that area, check them out. I'm going to include all of this stuff in the show notes. Have a look at that. Uh, this is a great conversation. Loved being able to connect with Chris. And I'm going to, as I told Chris, I'm going to call this part one because I want to hear all about it after their attempt this coming July. So we'll have them on hopefully in late summer. And hopefully we'll be talking about setting the record uh, of over 54 cyclists. We'll see what number they get to who are actually able to complete the distance uh, and the requisite elevation. But uh, it's going to be really fascinating to watch and I'm going to be cheering them on from afar. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company, who you can visit at statebicycle.com. Check out their all-road bikes. They still have some of their AXS ETAP drivetrains available. Unbelievable value to get electronic shifting on your gravel slash all-road do-anything bike. So check them out at statebicycle.com. Everybody, thank you for listening. As always, a great way to support the podcast is simply by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you find it, or just by word of mouth or sharing episodes on social media. We greatly appreciate all those efforts, crew. Thank you for tuning in on to Chris Gams, and we're going to talk about trying to set a mass Everesting record. So we have talked on the podcast a number of times about Everesting records, both for speed and and a number of things. This is a different Everesting record that you're attempting, endeavoring to break. And I actually think it's really cool how it's sort of come down to countries holding the record. I think that's awesome. Um, so, So tell me about what the record is that you're attempting to break and tell the listeners about it. Um, and why and how it sort of came about. Yeah, so, uh, well, I do, every year I like to do a cycling challenge um, and COVID threw a bit of a spanner in the work. So I originally um, was going to do a big sportif last year uh, and that didn't happen. So I was sort of scratching around thinking what to do. Uh, I sort of fell upon everything, joined the community Facebook page. I, thought, oh, I, I really like the idea because it's a big challenge and I really like the community feel of it. So, yeah, so last April I did a virtual Everest, um, trained hard for it, uh, and just, yeah, absolutely loved doing it. Then I thought that was that. Didn't really get much further thought. Then over Christmas, I was just sort of pondering things, and I thought, oh, I wonder what the record is for most people to Everest together. Just kind of randomly came into my mind. Um, so I put it up on the uh, community page, on the Facebook page, and uh, someone said, well, I think it's 54 uh, from an event in Norway. Um, so I couldn't really validate that. So I, I contacted uh, Andy at uh, Everesting HQ. The, the uh, of all things Everesting, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the master of all things Everesting. And uh, yeah, so I, I set up a chat with him and with uh, Richard, who's co-organising the event with me. Uh, and we had a, had a really good chat with Andy. Yeah, super nice guy, very helpful. Yeah, And he confirmed it's 54 uh, at an event in Norway. So I'm not quite sure how many years ago it was, but... Um, that that's the magic number anyway so uh yeah richard and i thought well yeah we, we had a chat about it and thought we'll we can beat that so just to get some background so um i'm actually not in the cycling world per se i'm actually a lawyer by day job 
Um, but yeah, I love my cycling. Um, I, I'm at what you call a pretty fit, um, you know, sportif rider. Uh, I do the odd, odd time trial, but I'm not a cycling superstar by any means. You know, I just try and pick up a couple of decent challenges each year, train hard, and I'm pretty mentally determined and like to have a go at them. So you know, everything ticked all those boxes. Um, now, I met Richard in a quite interesting way. Um, so he runs a cycling events company called Velo29 based in the northeast of England and it's really well regarded and runs been going for a long time and you know it, it, he's a smooth operator knows how to look after cyclists keep everyone happy create interesting events um, but he, during um, the Covid outbreak he actually has been running a cycle raffle as well um, so it was like a fixed odds raffle 400 tickets uh, and I bought, bought a few tickets and cut a long story short um, uh, I, I actually won a bike with him nice. and uh, yeah that's good uh, it, it, was, it was nice timing I sadly uh, just came out two years ago I lost my mum and I won the bike two weeks after she passed away so you know it, 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 and that sort of uh, was a bit of a catalyst as well to sort of chatting with Richard quite a bit uh, and we just sort of hit it off ever since really so I stayed in touch and um so I, when i came up with the idea for everything i you know i realized to put on a cycling event is a big undertaking you've got logistics of road closures insurance you know, all that kind of stuff so actually for a, an individual i could have done it but i thought you know richard would be the ideal person and i, I knew he sort of you know he likes these sort of uh, slightly unusual ideas so and he he came on board straight away um i mean most of his events he has a lot more riders you know he may have six seven hundred seven hundred riders uh, yeah and they're absolutely for his business to make profit but with with the everesting challenge um there's no money in it for him really he's we're going to charge for it but that's simply to cover the, the monumental cost of putting it on so right. we're not doing it as a, as a profit exercise uh, at, at all um it's simply to cover the cost and you know for us it's about getting the record obviously for richard it's great pr for his business because you know he can then say look you know my, my business hosted this record um so you know so he's he's taken all the financial risks of putting it on which is great um and i'm sort of the one come up with the ideas and we, we work together on the marketing and so on um so yeah so that that's how it came about um and then we start putting heads together how we're going to do it um so so the first question was well where are we going to do it as we all know as everesters getting the right hill can make a big difference um, especially for a crowd right because yeah. what you're looking for in a hill for an individual effort i think i would imagine versus 100 people would be completely different because you're going to want a wider road you're going to need a bigger turnaround you might want a longer road so that people are spaced out more and there's less of a clump i'm, I'm totally fascinated by how you uh, went went into this piece of the selection well well so actually the the main thing for us because in, in the uk we, we've got some uh well we wanted it to be in the center of the country as far as possible so that we could get as many entrants because if we if we put it up in scotland or in, right up in the north or down in the west country it's just too far for people to travel and we, we wouldn't get the numbers so, even if you have a great hill right yeah, yeah so, so, so we had we had to it had to be somewhere fairly in the center of england otherwise we, we just wouldn't pull in the numbers to get the record so that that that, that was the first question <laughs> uh and we we then so that there are a few books around or online lists of the sort of top 100 hills in england uh and um, and I, i'm also um uh, co-run 
uh, Facebook page called Cycling Friends UK. So we've got riders all around the country, which is quite handy. So um, we put it out there uh, and that sort of narrowed it down to about four or five hills from suggestions we got. Uh, and then we, we got um, narrowed down to a couple. And one of our friends went out and rode the hill we're going to do it on and said, uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, we mentioned it to um, Andy uh, just in terms of actually technically what's the ideal hill. And he, he came up with the expression saying, well, our, our hill is like the Goldilocks hill <laughs> in terms of duration and, and uh, gradient. So, you know, we, we wanted to make it reasonably steep so that you can get it done in a fairly short distance, but not so steep that your average rider is just never going to cope with it. Or you have a people that need to spend money on changing their gear sets. And... Yeah, well, exactly. So, you know, if, if, if you make it, you know, a 25 percent hill 20 percent hill people aren't going to cope it's going to be too steep they're going to have to as you rightly say spend a load of money on gears as well as you know uh, entering the event and uh, taking out hotel accommodation and all that that kind of stuff so uh, so we, that that was the next uh, you know the next key theme and, and actually finding a hill that ticked all those boxes was pretty difficult and uh, we only narrowed it down to about two uh, one of which uh, stood out because it back in the in, in ancient history was the national hill um, um championship course um so we, we picked that so it's a hill called peaslows um which is in the peak district uh just uh south of manchester uh, near uh, a very pretty spa town called buxton so it's sort of north central uk so good travel connections uh and so the, the hill itself um the, the, the segment we're going to ride is uh, 1.35 kilometres long, uh, okay. and it's got an average gradient of just under 10%. So the, there's one there's one slightly steeper bit, and then the top narrows off. But the average, is, I think, it's about 9.8, 9.9% over the whole course. So off the top uh, of my head, probably in the range of around 200 kilometres for that. Uh, so it's yeah, we're get, getting there. So it's actually works out to 63 reps. Uh, which is 85 kilometers up and 85 kilometers down. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So the, that's, the, that's 170k Everesting is not not that long. That's pretty steep hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's a it's a punchy hill. So we we, had, we did have an interesting um, problem that arose. So when we first sourced the hill, um, we looked at Strava and VeloViewer, uh, and it looked pretty even across the whole hill. But when we sent out our friend local friend to have a look at it at the beginning there was a really nasty over 20 percent ramp and we just thought that is going to absolutely kill people it's just so steep they're not going to cope so what we did actually we've we've taken out about uh about 200 meters of the hill um okay. so, so so we're actually going to start slightly up the hill just to make the ascent more manageable because we you created yeah, a new just, just to make it you know, a bit more manageable because yeah. we thought you know our, our target audience is not going to be all cycling superstars some people are going to be you know moderate they're all going to be fit but they're not all going to be you know super strong so we, if it's too hard we just get the failure rate would be too high uh, and we, we it would prejudice the record so getting the right gradient not being too steep um you know, in fact richard had the brainwave saying hang, hang on a minute why don't we just cut out the ramp <laughs> so so we're going to start slightly up the hill Okay, and then what about infrastructure? Have you got like, is there a facility that you can use for support nearby for people to warm up, have meals, use the washroom, 
because that's a that that's a that's a consideration for person for one person doing an Everesting, right? So when you bring a hundred people into the mix, there's a lot more to consider. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I did the virtual one, you know, in the kitchen, <laughs> you got the kettle nearby, you can make yourself some food, much easier. But when you're outside, you know, all, all that can can be a real challenge. You know, particularly if you're trying to do it within a set time. If you haven't uh, got toilets, or you know, the, you've got to break off the course to find a toilet that all this adds to the time stress and uh, uh, and difficulty in completing it so that that was one of the advantages of Richard because he's got a professional events company he, he has all that down to a fine fine tune so um, we, we will have uh, so the, we'll hire some um, uh, portaloos no. uh, Richard's got a catering arrangement so there'll be food there um, we're going to have, uh, there's a start and finish gantry across the top of the road. Um, uh, we're going to have chip timing. Um, I'll come back to that while that's important. Uh, we're going to have a, a professional commentator there as well. Um, so it's going to be quite a, quite a slick event all in all. Um, and yeah, with, with everything on hand and the medics there as well and, and uh, mechanics. So, you know, if someone has a problem with their bike, rather than being stranded and possibly not completing because they have they've got a mechanical or there's someone that can step in quickly and, and, and sort them out but uh, with all that support you know the pragmatic effect of that will be you're not going to lose so much time faffing around you know trying to do all the boring stuff like find a toilet or feed yourself because it will be there on hand um yeah so that that that's we, we think is a really important feature uh, to help people along and also of course you've got everyone all together so the motivation of actually having people around you is going to make a massive difference and if you're everything by yourself you know we you know what it's like on these long rides you can you can go through a flat spot and become demotivated and you've got to kind of dig yourself out, out of that uh, mental hole but with you know with 100 people thereabouts on the hill plus the event organizers you know shouting and spurring people along uh, we think that motivational element is going to make it is going to be a real game changer Oh, I think it's going to be way harder to quit yeah. Oh, yeah. in the publicity surrounding it versus just being alone there with your car. <laughs> just yeah. You can drive home at any moment, right? Exactly. Uh, so the real you question, the yeah. real question, bags, where do you find 100 people that are willing to do an Everesting? It's still ultimately a pretty unique uh, event and it it really really pushes people to their limit like you're not you're not organizing a grand fondo here where you're asking people to ride for four to five hours this is a really really big undertaking so how do you find that many people and how many more than 100 are you registering because I'm, I'm assuming you're not counting on 100 percent success rate or are you getting 100 to register and hoping to beat 54. yeah so so we just come back to the hill briefly so the hill itself sure. actually is perfect apart from the fact it is a bit narrow um, so there's not a massive turning circle and so it's not a big wide motorway hill where you can have lots of people weaving all over the place so on safety grounds that's why we've limited the entrance to 100 okay. which would work uh, and then we factor on the basis you may get some no-shows you may get some people not making it on the day so you know the closer we get to 100 that would allow an attrition rate uh, and hopefully still beat the record but um, we are trying to, in, in order to encourage people to um, succeed on the day, as well as all the backup, which we've just discussed, um, we've got some extra help as well. So um, Alan Colville, who you all know, is the uh, Guinness World Record holder for 
the most ascent over uh, 48 days, uh, 48 hours. Uh, he's actually joining us for the event. So I, I speculatively approached him because um, I knew his name through Everesting, said, well, do you fancy coming to the event? And I thought, you know, just having him as a signature rider would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but as, as you know, when you spoke to him, he's such a nice guy and so enthusiastic about the whole thing. He said, no, no, I can, I can do way more than that. Uh, so as well as riding, he's going to uh, publish motivational and training guides for us on our, on our own Facebook page. Um, so, you know, we've got that extra support to get people mentally ready for it, physically ready for it. Um, so that that's, is a massive boost having Alan on board uh, and his energy is just infectious. You know, he's oh, an incredible per guy. Perfect person to have spearhead uh, yeah. prepared people for sure. Yeah. And uh, and also, um, so uh, Richard, through his uh, commercial contact, he, he knows um, a very good um, specialised cycling coach. Um, so th we've uh, arranged to offer like, a discounted coaching service, massively discounted. So uh, if people want one-to-one -one coaching, um, we've, we've lined that up as well. So if people feel they need either from complete from the sort of ground up coaching or just some fine tuning so we, we've got that facility available as well so we we think you know the whole package of the support on the day having Alan having the coach available I mean having the fact that people know on the day they're entering to beat a record and so as we discussed earlier the walk of shame <laughs> fear factor is relevant as well you know you're not by yourself and give up and watch your car and slope off quietly here you know everyone's going to see you if you don't make it so <laughs> we think that that uh, that whole um, spectrum of uh, factors will you know maximize the pros prospects of uh, people succeeding and i think you probably know best than i do i think the you know, andy sort of typically says the failure rate is is pretty high for everest it's all getting on for 45 percent so i think and that's that's based on anecdotal so that's yeah, not yeah. all the ones where people just quietly <laughs> give up yes. put it again don't confess no. <laughs> no. i mean so i mean we're 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 hoping the fail our failure rate will be significantly lower than that um you know it's because it, it is a dedicated one-off event with, with that mission to get the record um you know we think people are going to be super motivated and yeah you know, they're not going to enter this unless they've got a really good crack at doing it so i, I don't think we're going to get too many of the have a go merchants i think we, we've so in terms of where we've got people from you asked that earlier um so that's been a, a mix um so uh, i i put it on the everesting group page uh, so we've got a few few there uh, richard of course runs many many uh, sportifs and some of them are brutally hard and so uh, he's got a number of his regular customers who he knows are very experienced and um, you know, they've entered um, I've got a few of my friends through the cycling friends uh, UK uh, uh, Facebook group who I know are all super strong riders as well uh, we've also made approaches to whole raft about 20 big cycling clubs so we've got a few entries through that way so whilst we don't know, we don't know all of the entrants there's a fair few we, we've got pretty good intel already are strong cyclists there aren't many sort of you know never done it before fancy go at that merchants these are all you know solid club riders in the main so you know, how many do you have registered right now so we've got 69 so far okay okay and what when is the attempt uh, 17th of July. So you've got 
plenty of time yet. I mean, we, we'd, we'd like to sell out, you know, in the next or six weeks would be good. Um, I mean, I think if we get 100, would be fantastic. That sort of minimum we would like to have to allow for failure rates is probably 75. Uh, and we think if we get 75, we're, we're pretty confident we beat the record. Um, but obviously, the the more we get on board, the better. Uh, yeah. And we're sure with 69 on board, you know, getting getting another six will, will be no problem at all. Yeah, uh, no, I think you can do it. And I, I do. I love the idea of there being this like championship belt that can be passed around from country to country. That's <laughs> that's uh, pretty cool. I mean, that, that would be. I mean, whilst we don't want anybody else to beat our record, it would be fantastic if, if it does actually create a bit of competition. Um, well, what's really cool, what's I think unique about the UK is that, well, it's not the biggest country that is actually possibly an advantage for a group ride like this because the travel times are smaller, right? Like if I live in Canada, so if I tried to organize something in central Canada, I'd be asking people to have, you know, a, a day's worth of travel from if they were on either coast, right? So I think I, you may have a geographical advantage because it's easier for people to move around and get there. Um, and then like any part of the world, you're obviously playing the weather lottery too by picking a date in advance, right? Like that's one of, I think that's one of Andy's core tenants is that you have a, you always have a backup date for weather. That's not, that's not possible for you guys. So how much are you planning logistically to deal with surprises in that way? Well, there's not much you can do about that. I mean, the yeah. UK, UK weather's fairly legendary, but uh, you know, J July, it, it's the best shot. I mean, you know, if it's wet, it's wet. You know, it doesn't tend to rain all day. Um, yeah. But it, it is what it is. You know, it, that's part of the challenge, I guess. You, you've got to suck up and deal with what, what it is on the day. I mean, I used to be a, a runner before I took up cycling and I've run like, 15, 16 marathons, you know, and I've done them in baking hot weather. You know, I've done them in chucking down in rain, but, you know, I finished every one of them. It, some of them are more enjoyable than the others, but you just... If you're determined enough, you just suck up and get it done. Um, you know, you've got to adjust according to the day. So if it's mega hot, you're going to you're going to have to back off a bit and be really careful about uh, drinking. You know, and if it, if it's uh, if it's raining, well, you know, just put on some wet weather gear. So um, it would be a factor. But it, you know, in, in the UK, the temperatures don't tend to swing massively. In July, it's fairly steady, so you, you know it's not going to swing from being minus five to forty. You know, it's going to be right. somewhere in, in the middle middle band there so it's yeah that that's part of the drama of it, it, it that's the it, day <laughs> so, and you'll be watching the long-term forecast as the day approaches oh yeah <laughs> definitely yeah, part of fun we'll, we'll all be hooked to that you know fingers crossed and praying for a, a, a nice day um yeah it, it would make it more pleasurable so i mean i've, I've sort of done some thinking about how i might approach it so say i'm you know i'm, I'm a fit cyclist but i'm not a superstar so i, I I'm, I'm thinking probably myself do it in probably sets of either six or ten ascents and then take a break um because you, know, you, you can hemorrhage a lot of time very quickly with too many breaks you, can. Uh, you know i think it's a, it's a mix of putting in a good, good solid set without blowing up uh, and um you know uh, uh, but you know giving yourself enough time to have a break and not, not lose too much time on that rest so it's you know i think food management effort management uh, and time management you know they're all part of the uh strategy that people are going to have to work out for themselves <laughs> and, and as i guess imagine you're going to have people finishing over the course of i mean it'll probably be six six you could have a six hour spread from when you're first finisher to your last or or even more potentially so but it would be really cool to see the numbers click up 
yeah. You know, I mean, months, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so in terms of sort of timing, um, so we, because we're, we're on a, a road that's been closed and, you know, uh, Richard's got staff there, uh, it's not an open ended sort of, you know, take as long as you like. Uh, we, we have a time window of 18 hours. Um, okay. you know, and, and, yeah, we're mindful. You know, a lot of first timers take a lot longer than that. But we we think, having done the maths and looked at the performance you need to put in and test ridden it, uh, we think that's you know for a, for a reasonably fit cyclist that that's that's that is doable. Um, yeah. So, uh, and during the course of the day, so we've got electronic timing, which I mentioned. So we'll be clicking off people as they as they they finish, and, and we also wanted to finish a set time. So if we do beat the record. Yeah, come 10 o'clock in the evening, we can all get together, get the fizzy wine out and, and have a big celebration for beating it. So rather than having it just sort of peter out as a, you know, finishing over a four hour period. So so 10 o'clock will be will be the finish time, awesome. uh, which because it gets dark then. So that, that's a very good pragmatic reason for safety as well. People are going to be tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we thought start early, finish as late as we can. Um, uh, and that, then that way you've got a, it's got a nice time target to go for, and you've got the focal point of all getting together, having that bonding session at the end, which would be, be fantastic. And you're going to do a mass start? Uh, yeah, in theory. So we, 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 the car park's on top of the hill, so we'll probably send people down in small batches but, and okay. then set, set them off because it's quite a narrow road, so we've got 100 people together, it'd be a bit cramped. So it'll be a sort of rolling mass start, if you like, but... Uh, the idea with all the flow mechanics is just to keep a nice steady, steady flow of people um, so you don't get any log jams is the plan uh, and it, it should work fine. It's a really cool concept to me. I'm really, really looking forward to following along with it because the just like you, with the, there's this community to Everesting that I noticed and felt right away. And it's so interesting because it can actually be a super solitary thing to do and that's how most people do it is they go get their hill and ride up and down it a whole bunch of times and it's got nothing to do with community this is the opposite and you're really leaning into the community side of it and I think that's really really cool I think you're going to get I, I think you're going to catch more riders here for sure so where can people uh, follow along with this is have you set up separate social media for it like where should they be following and where if somebody's nearby and they want to join how do they do so Yep. So there's a number. Of, so if you want to enter, if you could Google Velo uh, uh, 29, uh, uh, Guinness, I think Velo 29 record attempt, I think is the, is the search that will come, come up. Uh, or if you could go on to, uh, if you search um, uh, Everesting group record event on on uh, Facebook, that will come up as well. Perfect. Uh, or, you, or you can email me directly if you want. So uh, my email address is uh, chrisgams at gmail.com. Uh, more than happy people contact me directly uh, and I can give them the uh, any more details they want. Uh, yeah, so it's loads of information. So our, our uh, Facebook group page is very active. Loads of information on there. We've just launched an event jersey as well. Uh, and just one night last minute to mention as talking about sort of the community respect. So on, on the arm of the jersey, we've actually put both the UK flag and the Norway flag as well. So as a sort of nod of respect to our Norway colleagues. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I thought it was quite cool. Friendly and supportive competition. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's what it's about. It's what the world needs now. So, yeah, well, you know, I think cyclists, are good. We, you know, I think cycling community is super friendly. You know, I like, I'm a bit old fashioned. I like the fact that you go out cycling. Certainly, in the UK, people always wave at you. You know, cyclists always wave at other cyclists. You have a chat at a cafe stop. You know, it's, it's a real good leveler. Yeah, me too. 
Well, thank you for doing this. Chris, I would like to call this part one because I would love to chat uh, as soon as, I mean, within within days of, of the attempt, I'd love to love to hear all about it and how it went. And um, we'll be watching and following along with content and stuff and we'll share it wherever we can. Uh, that's fantastic. It's been really lovely speaking to you. Then perhaps after the event, we can get myself, Richard and Alan, we can all speak together. But that would be a nice way to round it off. I'd love to. Thank you, Chris. Once more, a big thank you to all of you listeners. We really appreciate you spending some of your very valuable time tuning into the Everesting podcast. Thank you so much. We have more good and exciting guests coming up. Also want to apologize for our little pause in programming there. The nature of Everesting, of course, takes people all over the world doing Everestings, which is what's so cool about the community. What the, po- the challenge that, that poses when you're podcasting about Everesting is coordinating people's schedules uh, and time zones. So thank you for bearing with us when we do have a bit of a lull. There, there will be the odd week where we don't have a new episode out. Uh, sometimes we might get a couple of episodes out in the same week, just depending on when we're able to line up some of our super cool guests. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Again, please like, rate, subscribe, write a review. Uh, If you can take a couple minutes to do so, that helps us find new audience members. We appreciate it and we'll be back very soon.